Welcome to the Globig Podcast, where we talk to international expansion experts from around the world to make it faster and easier for you to take your business global. Hello, I'm your host, Anka Corbin with Globig. Our hot international business and HR topic today is using artificial intelligence for interviewing locally and internationally. And our guest expert is Bill Armstrong, and he's the president of Gava Talent Solutions. Gava Talent Solutions is a global leader in professional staffing and consulting services, and they do business in over 100 countries. So welcome back, Bill. It's great to have you back on the Globig podcast. Great. Thank you. It's great to be here. So we've been talking about AI and we had, you know, this is a series that we're doing and, you know, the first one was around recruiting globally. And today we're really going to explore how artificial intelligence can be used and benefit the interviewing process. And this is, a, you know, just an amazingly interesting topic. It's really developing fast and there's changes happening and new ability, if you will, all the time. But for what we know today, how is AI being used in the interviewing process? What are you seeing primarily and and what are companies trying to achieve by using it? Well, I think what they're trying to achieve is to make the process, um, the bottom line is to make the process more efficient. Um, I think it can speed the process up um, and it can uh, do things like eliminate the human bias that, that's in the interview process. And so I think the whole goal around it is to really make the process, um, you know, work better um, with less bias and more efficiently. And we're seeing this uh, happen a lot um, with the early stages of the interview. Um, we're seeing it, uh, you know, as we talked before, there's a lot of AI uh, that's involved on the very front end when companies get resumes and sorting through the resumes and the applications to make sure uh, that they're talking to the right people and, and and making that process much more efficient and instead of having a person go through all of that. And then the logical next step of that is in setting up those that, that those first rounds of interviews. Um, we're seeing a lot, just huge increases um, in AI technology there. And depending on the level of the role, I, I say first round of interviews, um, it, it can be uh, for certain positions, and I think a lot of entry-level positions and, um, you know, people just coming out of college, um, that, that they could do the whole process um, uh, through AI and, and get a job offer um, just based on the, um, the AI interview. Now, uh, if you're going with more, talking about more senior level roles and things like that, typically somewhere in there, you're going to have a face-to-face. I I don't know that either side is ready to make uh, one of those kinds of decisions, um, you know, on a more senior level role without Mm -hmm. uh, getting to know each other. But on on those positions that are are a little uh, uh, considered more junior level within the organization, entry-level positions, positions that require a lot of bulk hiring on those, uh, the entire process can be done um, with an AI interview process. So you probably see a lot more of the larger firms, like in the service industry, I'm thinking hotels and restaurants and where they just have massive volume of interviewing to do and hiring to do that. It's such a great efficiency tool, right? 
Yes, I, I think you're certainly seeing it um, uh, being used uh, with with firms like that. I think almost all of those firms of that size that do that kind of hiring are utilizing some type of AI in their process now. Um, and then I think you're seeing it even on you know uh, smaller um, firms if it's uh, a position where you need to hire 20 or 25 of the same thing. Um, mm. You know, for example, we saw one firm, they were looking to hire um, 25 summer interns mm-hmm. and basically did the entire process um, um, through their AI, uh, you know, through their AI interviewing process. Right. So really, anyone that's looking for a job or that's going to be in the job market, which is a lot of people should become pretty familiar with the fact that they're most likely going to um, be interviewed through AI or they're going to run across this really, really soon. I don't think there's any doubt about it. And I think that, um, you know, it's going to happen more and more. And I think it's going to happen, um, uh, you know, more and more um, at, at more advanced stages in the interview process as well. Um, as it goes through it, as, you know, as the technology continues, uh, you know, to improve. You had mentioned that one of the benefits was to lower bias. Let's talk just a little bit about that. So what are you thinking? I mean, I imagine it can both lower and then there might be some opportunities for it to struggle with some things as well. Yeah, I, I think you have, where bias is concerned, and I, I think where AI, um, the AI interview technology is concerned, is that you have to realize that that all of this technology, whether it be in the interviewing or the resume screening, is only as good um, as the algorithms that are put in, um, you know, the pre-programming that take takes place that allows the AI to do its job. And so, if you have uh, some human bias um, in setting up those algorithms, um, then it's going to come through in the AI tool. Um, But having said that, I I, I do think that companies are getting, you know, better about doing that. Um, And there are, uh, you know, certain instances um, where I think there is, uh, you know, where it does do a very good job of of eliminating some of the biases. And I, I, I think if you on-campus interviewing, I think, is uh, is potentially one of those areas that it, if a uh, you know company has to go out, be on campus at every one of these um, um, colleges that they want to get people from, um, then they can only select so many, and then you know maybe they just want to select you know, Ivy League schools or things right. like that. And then... So they skip all you know, of these so other they, schools because they don't have the manpower in the past, right? It, it, exactly. And, you know, you don't want to, you know, generalize, but if you're um, just narrowing it down to schools where, you know, the tuition is very expensive and things like that, you're probably going to get a subset of, uh, of people in there um, whose families... Uh, have the means to pay that tuition, mm-hmm. um, for example. But if you can use these AI tools um, to branch out to many, 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 many universities because there's no cost involved with traveling and getting in, 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 in front of people, you're going to get likely a, a much more um, you know diverse group of uh, 
of applicants, um, you know, that that are flowing into your your company for these jobs. So that that's that that's just one example mm-hmm. um, of how people can use it to really eliminate some of the biases. That's a valid point. I think that I hadn't really thought about. It just it gives them an opportunity to go beyond probably the normal places that they're recruiting, right? What about, so, you know, I was even thinking, so no, so, so kind of geography and going beyond what they were thinking is a really great use of this. And I would imagine they can then interview really 24 seven. So it can be used when humans aren't even working, right? Yeah, I, I don't think there's any doubt that is one of the, um, you know, one of the benefits um, is that, and I and it works. That I think works well on on both sides um, for the the candidate. Um, they can do this whenever they have uh, the time to do it. Um, if uh, somebody is currently working, they don't have to worry about necessarily, you know, interviewing when they should be at work or having to miss work or make up an excuse or something like that. You know, they can do it when they get home at night or in the morning right. before they head off. So I think it's tremendously convenient for the candidate. And then on the client side, um, you know, interviews take time. Um, mm-hmm. And if and and you and to do them well, you have to be engaged. You cannot be interviewing somebody on the phone and then typing on your computer or doing something else. I mean, we get that feedback from candidates quite often. Or I heard the keyboard clicking, or they didn't seem engaged. Candidates see right through that. So but with the AI tool, you can be doing, um, you know, all of the tasks that you have to do in your job and the interviewing is just occurring. Um, and then the results are just kind of getting pushed to you. And then you can then, um, you know, evaluate those when you get time. So, you know, the efficiency for the for the recruiter on the on the company side is, um, I mean, I think is, it can be tremendous um, using the AI tool. And there's some sense of fairness that way as well, right? So you're the last interview of a really busy day, and the person, the human's tired, they're not going to be caring as much, and they just had the exact same conversation with 50 other people, whereas the AI is going to be just as fresh and just pay as much attention to you as someone else. So there's some sense of it reducing some bias in that, from that perspective as well, right? Yeah, no, I think I, I think that's very true. Um, the candidate gets a very consistent um, interview, um, and then that enables the company to evaluate that on a you know on a very um, consistent basis. Obviously, that 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 you know the variables are much much more likely um, to be equal um, in an AI interview than you know in a in an in person interview. And, and just the one, um, you know, the one thing where that doesn't always work as great on the candidate side um, is that uh, maybe the candidate has, you know, has been having a, you know, a tough day or, mm. you know, uh, 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 so- something happened on the candidate side, um, you know, which you might be able to explain away um, to an interviewer and, uh, you know, something uh, you know, you're just back from the dentist or something. Right. Um, but but the AI doesn't really care about that. Right. You know, it, it's not going to come. It's not going to come across well. So that is a little something that 
you know, that you have to be aware of as a candidate. Well, and we'll talk a little bit about, you know, how do candidates perform well for AI? Because there's definitely some what I would consider potential for bias in that. But I think uh, what I'd like to talk a little bit about first is just the, you know, what can a company do to make sure that you had mentioned that, you know, that the algorithms have to be set correctly or the, you know, like what does a company have to do to make sure that AI interviewing works well? What are some key points that they want to just pay attention to? Yeah, and I think that's a that's a very important question because, um, like anything else, you know, the more time and effort that a company um, puts into setting this up, the the better off it's going to go. Um, and I, I think first off, a company has to be patient because you have to remember you've got to set these um, algorithms up. It's got to be pre-programmed to kind of get what you want, and most. And it would be highly unusual if you did that once, and then the first time you used it, you got the exact response you were looking for. Mm. Um, and I think you still need humans to come in, evaluate the response, evaluate the candidates that you're getting and saying, wow, yeah, this is really good, or this isn't quite hitting the nail on the head. We need more of this, less of that, or we're missing candidates with this or that attribute. Then you have to go back and tweak how you have, you know, the AI tool set up. And so I think when a company, you know, heads down this path, you just have to have to have some patience, I, I think, with it up front and understand that it's going to take time. Um, and it can take, you know, months, it could take a year, I mean, whatever, depending on how much you hire and how much you use it. But um, you know, there are tremendous efficiencies with it after you get it set up. You have to be patient to go through that process and really make sure you're doing a lot of evaluation of it early on to make sure you get it right. So mm -hmm. I think I think that's one point. And then I think another uh, part of it is is setting it up to make um, doing some things to make the candidate feel more at ease. Um, because this is still new technology. Um, most of the candidates do not have any or have very little experience um, going through uh, an interview process like this. Um, and then there aren't a lot of people that can give them advice on it. If you think about it, that they're, you know, who do you, who, um, if, if it's a recent grad or something, who do you talk to for experience? You know, maybe, mm -hmm. a, you know, a counselor, maybe your parents and the chances that your parents have gone through something like this or, right. you know, Pretty probably slim. <laughs> you know, very, very slim to none. So I, I, I think, um, you know, what we've seen is some companies are starting to do is before um, the actual interview starts, um, that they're playing a video for the candidates. And it's a video maybe to talk about um, the company culture, uh, to show the office space, to show the candidate, you know, where they'll be working. And th then it get, kind of gets the, it makes it seem a little bit more real to the candidates. Mm. Um, you know, they, they get a feel for the culture piece. Um, and so I, I think it really helps ease into that interview process. Um, and then I think one of the most important things is that letting the candidates know when they start the process and as you're communicating with them, whether it's electronically or, you know, however you're doing it, 
but letting them know, look, this is this is how it's going to go, and and you're going to have, um, and here's how the interview is going to go, and it's going to be we're using artificial intelligence or whatever you want to call it to conduct the interview, so the candidates, you know, not surprised. Mm-hmm. And telling the candidate a little bit about how that process is going to work, what happens after, you know, they complete that interview, um, just to set the expectations for the candidate. Because I, I think sometimes that, uh, you know, it's a little bit of an odd process with the candidate. Um, you know, the candidate just feels awkward about it. That's the most common um complaint we get back from candidates that have been through this is it was just awkward you know I didn't get a sense of the person I I couldn't make a joke I you couldn't find some commonality no relationship right no yeah and so if you just set the expectation so the candidate knows this is what's going on I mean the last thing you want when I we've heard this too is a candidate thinks they're doing a phone interview with a person or they think they're doing a Skype with a person and then it isn't Mm-hmm. And, you know, then you can really throw somebody off their game. So just set those expectations and then anything you can do uh, to make your company, to talk a little about your company, that culture, have that candidate start to picture themselves sitting in one of those desks if you show the workspace that um, can both get the candidate excited about it and then put them a little bit at ease. Okay, this is a real company. Those are real people, <laughs> you know, a real workspace. I can see where I would be. Um, I think those things just help it get off to a better start. I think that's a great segue into, so you've got this applicant who's probably already nervous. So then they're going to be uncomfortable because it's AI. What are some of the things that candidates can do to perform well when interviewing with AI? I I think the candidate one has to understand that it is an interview. It is a job interview. So you need to dress professionally um, and you need um, to communicate professionally. Like you can't be using slang or, or acronyms because the AI pool in most cases, isn't going to know what to do with those. Um, So you have to use, you know, professional, you know, business English, so to speak, um, and you, and you need to look the part. And then you also have to remember that part of what these AI tools do is they're, they're monitoring, um, you know, facial expressions. Um, you know, they're looking at, they're, they're measuring voice tone and, you know, these types of things and trying to figure out, you know, are people uh, giving honest answers of somebody fibbing on a particular point. And, and so knowing that, that, that it's really working on picking up those facial expressions, you know, sometimes you might have to exaggerate those a little bit. Um, and for instance, uh, a smile, um, you know, maybe a smile that seems a little too, um, you know, big, uh, if you're in a personal interview, um, actually might work really well in, a, in an AI interview because the tool is going to grab that. It's going to sense that you know, that smile, that happiness, that positivity. Um, so you want to make sure in, in, in your expressions that, that um, in, in your emotions that you're, uh, you know, to some degree exaggerating those so that they're clear and that they get, um, you know, uh, picked up. Um, 
and then you know other things is just you know sort of like you would have in a um you know in a, in a skype interview as well that you you really want to make sure and maybe even more so than a, than in a skype interview that you've got a very um well-lit background um because if it's not well lit and there's a shadow across your face or something like that or it's hard to kind of you know see your face um then a lot of those, you know, facial expressions and things aren't going to get picked up. Um, and then that's not going to, um, it's not going to, you know, bode well for, for the results of the interview. So even a neutral background too, because you want to not have your childhood posters behind you or things that might detract from professionalism, if you will. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, you want a neutral background, well-lit, professional speak, and sort of short to the point answers. You know, while you were sharing some of these tips, I was thinking, what came to my mind is, so can this be gamed? Can someone just really perform incredibly well because they know what the AI, you know, it's almost like it's checking off the boxes, if you will. And then the other one that I was thinking about is, so for those people that might have a, maybe they're really quiet speakers or they have, uh, they're maybe non-English speaker, you know, non-native English speakers, or they may have any, some sort of a speech impediment, That those are going to be things that are going to be really challenging, right, within, you know, to do well and perform well here. So it is a different type of bias, if you will. Yeah, I don't think there's any any question about it. And in terms of can it be gamed, I would say, um, yeah, you know, I'm sure it can be gamed. That I, I think if a person could game an in-person interview by coming across as very sincere and, mm-hmm. um, you know, with a, with a big smile and a lot of energy about a, about a job, um, and some people are able to do that even if maybe they aren't real interested in the job, um, and, and they're able to, to do that in, a, in an in-person interview, and it comes across uh, that way, then I think they, they're going to be able to do that in an AI interview as well. Um, well, and I wonder if a human could pick up insincerity versus AI in the sense of it being, I don't know, it just seems like there's still room for error and that the human piece can be helpful as well. And that's one of the things that I want to talk a little bit about is so now you've got the GDPR and the they they have the right and I would assume, you know, correct me if I'm not right with this, that they can choose to opt out of profiling, if you will. And would this be considered profiling if they're measuring truthfulness with an algorithm or they're measuring, I, I mean, would you consider that one of the things that they have the option to ask for a human to be interviewing? I, I think these things are still somewhat um, gray areas. Um, I have not yet. The GDPR is still, you know, relatively new. It's only been, you know, a couple of months that it's been, um, you know, fully enacted. You know, we're just and you full now. Every website you go on, you're, you know, you're getting a little notice. Sure. Um, and so I think it's still early in the game, and I think this. Uh, AI, 
you know, technology is still very much developing. Um, I have not heard of instances um, yet where a, uh, a, a candidate would be able um, to, in effect, you know, opt out of an uh, uh, or GDPR would be the reason that that a company couldn't um, do an AI interview. But I think it does raise an interesting point um, in, in terms of the um, um, you know potential for profiling there. Right. I mean, from an international perspective, it seems that some of the challenges would be the potential GDPR opt-out. So we're not clear on that yet. But And then also those language barriers or at least accents that might be really challenging. Could it also misread cultural facial expressions, right? I know some cultures won't look people in the eye because it's considered rude and other people only look you in the eye and then it's really intense. And so, you know, could that be misread or certainly have some impact on the AI interview? Yes. I mean, I I think that it it definitely could. And then I think it just goes back to, you know, what we were talking about a little bit earlier is it's really important how you set up um, Mm -hmm. these algorithms. Um, And like to that, that point that, that you uh, made um, about, you know, some people will look you in the eye and some cultures, um, you know, people are much more passive and, um, you know, maybe they will have their eyes, you know, cast down a little bit um, uh, when you're talking to them, particularly when you don't know them well yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and if you are going to use AI effectively, then you need to know that that's going to happen in that particular um, culture, and you have to adjust, you know, your the the, the AI tool accordingly. Um, because if you you know try and and, and make it a one size fits all, um, that is likely, um, you know, that that's likely not going to work, um, you know, very well for you. I can understand that. You know, what about? costs. You know, we've been talking about how this is efficient and it's certainly, and I can see the benefit and I know that the benefit is massive, but when does it make sense and when might it not make sense? What, what are you seeing from your perspective? You know, I, I think that the, that it, the cost is one of those issues, you know, like you're suggesting that can certainly go both ways. Um, I think that if you're doing a, you know, massive amount of interviewing, um, then you can certainly justify the cost of, a, of an AI tool um, if it is going to potentially eliminate um, or at least reduce, you know, your travel. Um, it, it could potentially, um, you know, even though, uh, you know, nobody likes to, to, to talk a lot about this, it could potentially reduce the amount of recruiters that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so there, then, you know, the, the, the cost, um, you know, then it can be cost effective. Um, and then I think you have some other benefits and the efficiencies um, that would be, um, you know, related back to, you know, people's time is money and things like that. And, you know, a lot of these have scheduling tools in them um, so that, you know, that can sort of be done automatically with the candidate. And uh, um, in terms of, uh, you know, setting them up or setting up a next interview 
or uh, along with those scheduling tools, these interviews can be, you know, recorded if you wanted to use it that way. And maybe there's somebody, hey, I liked and I want, you know, you to, to see them next. And just instead of saying, hey, I, I like John, let me stop by your office and I'll tell you, you know, what I thought about the interview. And right. then we sit down and spend 20 minutes talking about it. I can just boom, click, send the interview to you. You get it in your mail, open it up. Then you can see the interview yourself mm-hmm. and whenever you want to. And the two of us don't have to talk about it. So that, that in effect is a, you know, a cost uh, efficiency as well that, you know, the ability to do those types of things. Right. Um, but, you know, this isn't, this isn't free. Um, you know, and, and it, the, the cost of setting up, um, you know, the, the, getting them pre-programmed and getting the algorithm set up, um, you know, that, that can be very costly. Um, and even if you're doing some, you know, very simple um, tools where you're not even at this point looking at the facial recognition or any of those types of things, you're simply just getting, you're using it to just screen candidates. And so instead of me interviewing, I'm going to have them screen them. I mean, that can run into, um, you know, depending on how many you do, um, you know, you know, you can get into tens of thousands of dollars, um, you know, just using a tool that way mm-hmm. um, in its very basic form. Um, and then also, if you think about, say, you do a little bit of international hiring or whatever, you can jump on, you know, WhatsApp and call somebody and it's basically free, um, you know, where this is something that you are going to have to, you know, to budget for if you're going to use this, because it, it could get into the, just like I said, for the basic tools, you know, a thousand to a couple thousand dollars a month. Yep, I can see that. You know, there's just the one more question I want to ask from my side. And then if there's anything that I haven't asked you yet that you want to make sure we share with our listeners, let's do that too. But do you think that really some that a company could potentially lose some really great candidates because they just don't feel like the company is sharing their culture and you know especially with millennials where they are so focused on the right kind of company and making sure it's a great fit and having a real connection with whoever they talk to do you feel like there's the potential of people just saying they just are not really the sort of company I want to work for if they aren't even willing to talk to me from the very beginning. I, I think from the candidate side, that's probably the, the, the biggest risk um, is that, that, you know, the one, like I said, the most consistent feedback that we get um, when candidates even if it goes well, many of the candidates still feel that it's awkward. Um, that you're just so used to to talking to a person, to like we talked before, having that relationship, making a little joke, and, you know, mm-hmm. ta- make eye contact, and you know, all finding just trying to find some commonality with the person that you're that you're talking with, um, and you know that. And even though there are a lot of things that you can do to make this better, I, 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 you know, I'm not sure how many companies are really doing all of those things at this point. Um, And sometimes candidates will just get, you know, off of that 
call and, and then, if, you know, go talk to somebody else where then they just click with the person right. that, yeah, that you just can't, you just can't get that back. So I do think it, no, no, I was going to say, so I, I, I do think it's a, it's a, it's a real risk. Um, and then I also think from the candidate side, um, if I were talking to a candidate right now, I would say, yep, I, I get it. It's awkward, but you know what? It's, it, it's, it's here to stay. Right. Um, so if you, if you want a job with some of these companies, um, then you're going to have to figure out, you know, how to, you know, how to make that work for you. But they might miss some of the really hot people that can choose because I know when I look back at the couple of the companies that I ended up working for that maybe I wasn't initially as interested in, but then I had, I met different team members in the round robin interview process that I just thought would be so amazing to work for. It swayed me into preferring that company. Yeah. And I think, you know, the other factor in here is, is speed. Um, mm. because there is, um, you know, I saw something where, uh, you know, someone had said, Hey, it's not, you know, so much the war for talent anymore, but it's the race for talent. Right. And I think that's incredibly accurate. It, it is a race for talent and it's, um, that, you know, the economy is so hot from a job, you know, perspective that, you run the risk of two things that one, just because you're utilizing AI and it's kicking you these, you know, back this, this feedback and you're not having to take the time to interview the people in person, these candidates still need to be followed up with um, mm -hmm. at some point. And, and so even though you've got these tools, if you aren't on top of it and you aren't fully utilizing it and you're really cutting down and, and, and making this work to your benefit to cut down the amount of, time it takes to get back to a candidate if it if it just sits there um and it's in the same black hole that it would have been in if they sent a you know a resume into uh um you know an unsolicited resume into a to a job board or something um then then it's not helping you right. um you know so i think that's one part of it um and then i think that the second part is is just what what you said that um, you know, this isn't an, an even playing field right now. Some companies and a, a lot of companies are using this and a lot of companies are not. Um, and they're all using it in different ways. I mean, there's no standard of this is how you best use AI. Mm -hmm. um, and if somebody, you know, gets to uh, that candidate and they do have that uh, sort of emotional connection with the candidate, um, then you know, that, that company is probably going to win. Right. That's interesting. Is there anything that I didn't ask that our listeners should know about AI and what's happening in the industry and just being prepared, even globally, um, around this whole topic? I, I think we covered it, um, you know, pretty well. Um, and I think just to, you know, sort of echo what I said a moment ago is that, um, is that it's, it's, it's here. Um, and there are, every day there are more companies cropping up into this space and, uh, and companies are devoting a lot of, uh, time and, you know, energy and technology towards refining this process and, uh, um, you know, making these tools better and better. 
And so I, I would say, um, you know, as, as a candidate, you know, even um, even an experienced candidate, you know, if you're out there on the job market, chances are somewhere along the way you're going to bump into one of these tools. Um, and then I would say from the, 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 the company side, um, you know, while you might be feeling um, the pressure um, to start utilizing some sort of AI because, you know, gee, everybody else is starting to do it. Um, you know, I would say that that's fine, um, but you really have to think about how you're going to use it. Think about how it fits into your, your culture, your response rates. Do you have the expertise to, to get it set up? How are you going to go about that? Um, and so that you're not just latching on to it because it's the greatest um, technology. I mean, we see this all the time, you know, with clients where they buy a piece of technology and then they don't know quite how to use it once they've got it. And then, right. and then, and it, you know, you think about that, it can happen with, uh, you know, when an accounting or a finance department of a company, you get some new tool, some reporting tool, but, you know, maybe then you don't have that you haven't thought through clearly how you're going to train everybody on it. And then mm -hmm. it gets a lot more expensive to implement than you thought and you get mission creep and you know it's six eight nine months down the road and it's still not up and running and working how you expect it to it happens all the time and and ai could, could easily fit you know into you know into that bucket um so you have if you're going to use it you have to have a plan and you have to use it intelligently and maybe if it's some reporting tool you know you it, it you just kind of keep that off to the side and and kind of, um, you know, keep doing things the way you were doing it. But if it's AI and it's not right, you're going to be turning good potential candidates away from your company. So you, you should not enter into that lightly. Well, that's awesome advice. And and if you're sitting on something like a technology like this, chances are by the time you're ready to implement, there are entirely new um, platforms out there that do even more or things that you want. So I think that's, Excellent advice. So, Bill, I want to thank you so very much for joining us again. This is this entire AI series is really great. We're going to um, do some more of this, and it's always a pleasure to have you as our guest. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, a pleasure doing it, and I, I appreciate your time as well. Of course. All right, so listeners, make sure that you join the free resource hub on globig.co, and if you're serious about doing business internationally, the Globig International Business, HR, and Data Privacy Management Platform, it really helps you to connect to really great HR resources, such as Galvet Talent Solutions, just to make your day-to-day -day much more productive. You can also subscribe to this podcast channel for more fantastic international expansion podcasts.